0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Risk Intel Podcast powered by SRA, where we share risk intelligence from experts across the banking industry. I'm your host, Ed Vincent, Executive Vice President at SRA. Hello, welcome to the Risk Intel Podcast. Joining me today is Laura Kornhauser, who is the CEO and co-founder of Stratified. Laura, welcome. So happy to be
1: here. Thank you.
0: Laura you uh you found a stratify about six years ago on the heels of having worked um the first half of your career in investment banking at, at JP Morgan um, in the lending and risk in the lending and risk roles. so clearly there was a a bent towards this the space that you ended up in here but after that then you moved in, in into the fintech space before we kind of jump into our topic for the day perhaps you could just give us a little bit of background as to what drove you to make that that transition into the fintech space and 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 what what was the the catalyst for you to set up Stratify.
1: Absolutely. So while while at J.P. Morgan, we had, uh, I'll say, just a few regulations that we had to comply with as a bank of that size. Um, And even as a bank of that size and and with all the resources we had at our disposal, we struggled at certain times to get the right technology that we needed to comply with the changing regulatory environment. I saw this as a huge opportunity to work at the intersection of finance and technology, particularly focused on regulated use cases and and had entrepreneurial hopes and dreams fueled by the fact that my parents are entrepreneurs and decided why not uh, step off uh, what was a great career at JP Morgan and and go off to start a company. And I was very fortunate to meet my co-founder, Dimitri, around that time. Uh, he had built a, a wonderful technology that's still at the heart of our solutions, and and we set out to to build Stratify, as you mentioned, just over six years ago. Which awesome, is great.
0: <laughs> that right, it flies by, right? And right, I, I think many people would say you were probably a bit ahead ahead of your time in terms of right where the the fintech yeah. space was at that point in time. But you fast forward to today, and clearly the you know the fair lending space that you guys play in is just crucial uh, in in the uh, in the in the, uh, in the fintech ecosystem. Um, so we'll we'll I think that'll probably come up as part of the conversation today. Yeah. Um, but one of the topics that that um, that we had talked a little bit about in, in preparing for the conversation today was the uh, BISG um, 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 landscape. And so why don't you you know realizing that we've got a you know an audience of varying levels of experience and expertise here, Give us a little bit of background as to what BISG is and and you know, what, what caught your attention there and why it was an area that you uh, wanted to focus
1: on. Absolutely. Um, first, as always important in, in finance to define acronyms. So BISG stands for Bayesian Improved Surname Geocoding. That's the last time I'll say that full mouthful. I'm, I'm not
0: gonna repeat that back to you. We'll just leave, we'll leave that as is, all right. <laughs> And so we now we know what it is. What does it mean?
1: Yeah, what does it mean? It's, it's the process by which you can infer protected class information if you don't have access to that information. And more specifically, you take the inputs of someone's uh, surname and their address, uh, put it into uh, this algorithm that was developed by Rand, and the output you get is race and ethnicity with certain probabilities. So I think it's also important to note that the output of this is not you are race, ethnicity, Y. It is you are uh, X, Y, Z with probability, A, B, C. That is the output um, of uh, of this methodology. And why it's so important is Because lenders have to do fair lending testing across different credit products, it's required. Um, But for non mortgage products, they don't have access to that information. Actually, it's illegal for them to collect that information. Um, So how do you then test to ensure that you're not uh, violating uh, fair lending laws and that your lending practices are fair when you don't know the race or ethnicity of a certain applicant? Enter BISG. That helps at least give you a, a way to impute uh, those probabilities of, of a certain applicant being these different race and ethnicities, uh, and then from there you can conduct fair lending testing uh, based on the output of that algorithm.
0: Why? What was the original impetus for you know the creation of the of the of the methodology there, and and how you know when did this occur, and then perhaps how is how is this then being used in practice today?
1: Yeah. So. The the impetus for creation of the methodology is, again, fairly simple. You need to have this information in order to do proper testing as a lender, but you don't have it. And it's in fact illegal to collect it. So what are you left to do? Um, So then you're left to do, I'll say the next best alternative to actually having the information. It'd be best if you actually And this is a whole separate discussion that people often talk about through fairness through awareness versus fairness through blindness, but we won't get into that today. Um, But if you don't have this information, how do you, you can think of it as in many ways, making your best educated guess about what the information is. Um, Enter BISG. And the reason that people are using it or the reason that it's the predominantly used method out there is because it's also the method that is deployed by the CFPB when the CFPB does its testing. Um, So while the method is flawed, I'll be very clear in stating that, and we can discuss some of the reasons why the method is flawed. But the method is flawed, um, uh, as as would be any method that looks to impute this information based on the surname and address alone. but it is the methodology that is used by the regulators uh, in testing. So we find that it's common practice out there amongst lenders to deploy this same methodology when conducting their fair lending testing.
0: So I think if to unpack that a little bit, right? Yeah. It's an, it's imperfect. Yeah. But right, it's but it's it's required. Uh, it is the best available, if you, if you will, um, approach. Uh, or even if you want to debate that, it's what the regulators are using. And so when they come in and evaluate your portfolio, then this is this is the methodology they're going to use, and that's what that's the standard they're holding you
1: up against. Absolutely, absolutely, um, and you know reasons that it's imperfect. Uh, I probably can't state it ever, any better than Kathy O'Neill, who's the author of "Weapons of Math Discr- Destruction," math. Uh, just so everybody caught that, which is yeah. a very great name for a book and also a very fantastic book. Um, but you know the reasons it's imperfect is people marry people of other races and ethnicities. Um, there are common names between different races and ethnicities. Uh, people live in diverse neighborhoods. Um, all of for all of these uh, reasons, matching to census track information that you get off of of an address um, uh, and, and and surname is is imperfect. But as you correctly stated, um, it is it is. Some would argue it is not the best thing that's available out there. There are other got methods, <laughs> um, got but fair enough. going to your point, it is the method that the CFPB has spoken publicly about using themselves. So, um, you know, we, we find that, that lenders uh, are most comfortable then deploying that methodology to ensure that they are matching the way that the fair lending will be evaluated by the regulators. Got it. That, that makes
0: sense. Uh, I'm gonna ask you here, to bring this back full circle to the Stratify journey that you're on, yeah. Um, because presumably, right, given that you are working in this fair lending space, this is a methodology that you've considered if not even utilized in, in some of your solutions. Is that fair?
1: Absolutely. In our unbiased product that automates fair lending testing, one of the options that a lender can choose is to impute protected class um, and BISG is one of the methodologies that we utilize for that imputation. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: what, what have we missed here? I think I, I certainly feel like I've, uh, this, is, this is not an area that I had any experience in, um, but this is a great primer. Is there anything that else yeah. that people know and be aware of in, in the BISG space?
1: Yeah, I would say that um, both that imputation is, is not easy to do. Yeah. Um, and then in particular, taking the output of BSISG and using it correctly is not easy to do. As I mentioned earlier, it tells you your you know race or ethnicity is X Y Z with probability A B C. Um, then, what do you take that information? How do you take that uh, information, and how do you factor that into um, the the bias testing that you're doing, or the fair lending risk areas that you're evaluating? Um, That's something that we've done a lot of work on at Stratify and really focused on ensuring that we're using the best methods to take that output and translate it back to uh, robust, trustworthy measurements across the fair lending uh, risk areas uh, such that lenders can ensure that their, their lending practices both comply with law and don't unfairly discriminate against certain protected classes
0: got it. So uh, that's a, a great point that BSG is is not an is not an end state. That's not that's that's the beginning if if you will, Correct. right? Um, Correct. from there it's, it's what you what you do with it and how you use it and and making sure that that you, there's follow through um yeah. after you have used this to to get the results and as you said, right? Then there's the probability question and because uh, yeah. it's it's not a a direct answer either. So it's, there's a lot yeah. more and- after that.
1: Absolutely, and and the regulators have made it very clear, and in particular, I would say with with recent announcements um, out of the CFPB and other regulators, that this type of testing needs to be done by lenders, and it needs to be done on a frequent and proactive basis, um, and that that's not an easy thing to do. Um, this is part of the reason that we built the unbiased product is to help alleviate uh, the, the time and resource constraint that these requirements from the regulators put on put on lenders.
0: Terrific. All right, Laura. Well, thank you very much for walking us through BASG, giving us a little bit of the Stratify story as well. And we certainly would encourage any of our listeners and viewers to, to reach out to Laura directly if, uh, if you'd like to dig into this area in more detail. Laura, thanks again. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. Appreciate the opportunity.
0: For more information on SRA, please visit srarisk.com. Watch or listen to our weekly Risk Intel podcast series, or follow us on LinkedIn to learn more.